Welcome back to an emergency takes by the lake. LeBron James has left the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we're going to talk about it. It's Sunday night. I'm Doug Maurice in my basement. I am sure that Chris Fedor and Joe Varden, who know a thousand times more about the Cavs than I do, are going to get to a Wine and Gold Talk podcast as soon as possible. Get subscribed to Wine and Gold Talk immediately. You will not want to miss Joe and Chris talking about how this happened, why it happened, what's next for the Cavs. This is about to be a pale imitation of what they can do, but I wanted to get it out now while people are talking, thinking, being sad about the LeBron James era ending in Cleveland. And I will say there is a small minority of people, and and, and it bothers me, this era I will say bothers me, that there's the small minority gets a lot of attention uh, because the small minority that is angry and upset and outrageous, you know, everybody, they all have social media accounts, and so people give them an uh, undue attention. So there are a couple people out there, and I'm not going to pretend like those people represent the vast majority of Cavs fans. But if you are swearing at LeBron James, if you are cursing and blaming LeBron James after 11 years and 1,001 games as a Cavalier, um, I would ask if you'd give it back. Would you give it back? In a world where lots of players do not play their whole career in one place, yes, and I wrote this in a column that's up at cleveland.com, yes, Dirk Nowitzki is is 20 years in Dallas and counting. Kobe played all 20 years with the Lakers. You know, John Havlicek um, played 16 years or 15 years in Boston. Carl Malone played all but one year, I think 18 years in Utah. Hakeem Olajuwon, I get it. That's not the norm. Derek Jeter's not the norm anymore. I don't know. Like, the idea that, that, that a player changing teams is the ultimate betrayal, I, I understand fans being upset. But to curse a player's name or behave as if you wish he had never been here is just not an acceptance of the modern world in sports. And so LeBron James, and this is what I wrote, a lot of the best players, if Magic Johnson played 13 years in L.A., Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 13 years in L.A., Larry Bird, 13 years in Boston, um, Michael Jordan, 13 seasons, and two of those were cut short. Michael Jordan played 13 seasons, 11 full seasons in Chicago. LeBron James played 11 full seasons in Cleveland. A thousand games of a guy is a lot of a guy. Cleveland did not get cheated. So so I'm trying, if you're angry, of course everyone's disappointed. My daughter's acting like she wants to cry. Um, She's just gotten into basketball. We went and saw LeBron play twice this year. Um, because I wanted to make sure that she saw LeBron James play a game live in Cleveland because everybody knew this was possible. Of course you're upset, but but I hope it's you're angry because the anger's from love. You loved the guy. You loved watching him play. You loved having him on your team. You felt proud when he was on your team. And I understand even betrayal. If you feel betrayed that when he came back for this four-year run, you thought he was here for good, and now he's not. Joe Varden has written this. There are a lot of of times along the way where LeBron said he was here for good, and now he's not. So I get that. You're angry. You feel betrayed. You're disappointed. You're upset. But I can't imagine that turning to, to hatred. 
I can't imagine that turning to loathing, you know? Sure, you hate the choice, but do you hate the player? I, I know most of you don't. I know most of you don't. So I, I think I'm saying things that, that probably don't need to be said. Um, 11 years. I feel like the first time around, the first seven years without a title, you felt like you didn't get the best of him. You felt like you didn't get enough. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played six years in Milwaukee and then went to the Lakers, and he's a Laker. He's not a Milwaukee Buck. When LeBron left the first time, if LeBron, after seven years in Cleveland, had gone to Miami and played for 12 years in Miami and never left there, he would be a member of the Miami Heat. That's how, what he would be. If we're In baseball, we talk Hall of Fame caps all the time. LeBron would have worn a Miami Heat cap on his Hall of Fame plaque. But he didn't stay there for a decade. He stayed there for four years, and he came back here for four more. So guess what? He's wearing a Cavaliers hat on his Hall of Fame plaque. And that's, I know that's not what happens in basketball, but that's the comparison. And that's what you care about. The legacy, when it's remembered, and not to be morbid about it, but the, you know, the, the, the first line of the obit kind of thing. He's a Cavalier. He's yours. And, and going to L.A., I don't think changes that. L.A. is not going to get him for as long. He might win more titles there. But L.A. has had players there who have played there their whole careers or most of their careers. And everyone's going to talk about, obviously, the LeBron debate and the pantheon of basketball. But everyone's going to try to place LeBron in the pantheon of great Lakers for his time there and what is to come there. But on so- he's never going to be what Kobe was. He's never going to be what Magic was. He's never going to be what Jerry West or Elgin Baylor were, right? Those guys who were Lakers always through and through, Lakers first or Lakers only. He's not that. He's that in Cleveland. So you have that. So I hope, I hope the love that has turned to disappointment does not then turn to hatred. <clears throat> What should they do now? I want to talk about that because I don't think they should tear it down. And I wrote that before all this that people want them to get rid of Kevin Love and tank and, and, and be the worst team in the league next year. Um, I, I tweeted out that I, I disagreed with that um, and I got some backlash immediately. Um, there's a lot of people on Twitter who disagree with me. There's a lot of people on Twitter who disagree with me. Um, people want the Cavs to tank. And I think that is, um, there's a guy named Tim Whelan who I I wanted to get on this podcast. I asked a couple people to come on the podcast. They can't do it. Tim Whelan says he's a content creator for NEO Sports Inside. He thinks they need to tank. I asked him to be on the podcast. He responded. He, He would gladly, but he's unavailable. He said, I agree with most of your takes, but not this one. I think that the sports are completely different in terms of team building. The NFL is more complicated because of the amount of roster spots. Um, Here in the NBA, if you draft a lottery player and you put a core around it like the 76ers did, the turnaround isn't as long as the NFL can be. I also think coaching, higher management matters, and team building, something the Browns have lacked for a very long time. We'll see if Dan Gilbert, Kobe Altman could be a core of talent. So he wants the Browns, he wants the, excuse me, the Cavs to tank. Uh, a couple of the people have said they want the Browns. The God, I can't. I wrote about and talked about the Browns tanking for so long. When I say the word tank, the word Browns automatically goes in front of it. 
Part of my differentiating the Browns and the Cavs to me is the whiplash factor. The Browns sucked, but not they didn't suck enough. They were awful for 15 years. They were awful since they came back. They were winning five and six games every year, and it got them nowhere. Nothing worked. So why not try tanking? And guess what? I think it worked. Now, you know, Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield and, and these other guys, Emmanuel Ogba and, and Jabril Peppers and David Njoku and the, the, the benefits they reaped from going 1-31, and they have to be good players. We don't know if that's going to happen. It certainly looks like it's possible, but they did get high draft picks from stinking. They signed some good free agents because they, they let everybody go, okay? So this, this, this beginning part of it, I think, worked for the Browns, and I wrote a whole thing comparing the Browns and the Sixers. Here's why I don't want the Cavs to tank. There's a couple things. One is they sucked after LeBron left last time, and they only got good because LeBron came back. They got as lucky in the lottery as any team could ever be. They got Kyrie, Anthony Bennett, and Andrew Wiggins, number one. They got the number one pick from tanking and sucking three times, okay? Anthony Bennett, awful. Andrew Wiggins, as it turns out, is not a cornerstone, build-your-franchise-around-this-guy kind of guy. If LeBron hadn't come back, of course they would have taken, they would have kept Andrew Wiggins. And, and Kyrie, I have questions about Kyrie as your number one guy, to be honest. So, you know, Anthony Bennett didn't work. Andrew Wiggins is iffy. Kyrie, for, for his time here, wasn't able to make the Cavs any good. They weren't close to 500 with him. So, if LeBron had not come back, they were going to try to win with the Kyrie, Andrew Wiggins, Gordon Hayward core. They were going to sign Gordon Hayward uh, when LeBron came back instead, and they would have kept Wiggins. And, and I guess my question is, where does that get you? Was that worth four years of being putrid? And yeah, those are some pieces, but I, I don't. It's not a guarantee. I don't think that's a guarantee. And I think the the Cavs can get to a similar place without tanking, without just dumping Kevin Love this year, without absolutely getting rid of everybody on the roster whose name isn't Colin Sexton. Um, I don't think there's a guarantee. They will not get as lucky in the lottery as they did before. I, and, and there's some complicating factors here. I know that one of them is they've, they've traded their first-round pick next year. They, got, they traded it in the Corver deal. If it's, uh, if it's not in the top 10, they lose it. So if they don't tank, they're going to lose next year's first-round pick. That hurts. Um, so, if you, so some people are saying you've got to tank because that's how you keep that first-round pick. That's a good point. I mean, I'm not going to... That's a good point. You get a top 10 pick or having no first round pick at all. The thing that Joe Varden and Chris Fedor have pointed out, and I'm going to... They're going to, again, get into this much better than me, but this is just a brief explanation is they have a lot of guys on the hook for next year at big money, but then they're going to be... get They're going to lose the George Hill and J.R. Smith contracts after one more season. So if you kept Hill and Smith around and, and, and tried to win the best you can, um, that is going to open cap space, and they're going to have space there, okay, for the 2019-2020 season. So you keep if you kept Hill and Smith, because you're not tanking, you're trying to do the best you can, 
you're going to have cap space opening up. If you turn Kevin Love into your featured guy, he makes a lot of money, um, but compared to some other contracts, it's not unbelievable. You'd have Tristan Thompson around. Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson, I, you could trade Jordan Clarkson, or maybe Jordan Clarkson gives you something if LeBron's not on the floor with him, although Jordan Clarkson played like a crazy man in the playoffs. So their point is that, it, that they've explained is that if you keep the team basically intact and, tr- and do the best you can, now you've, you've lost LeBron, maybe you try to add somebody for next year. The following year, you're going to clear naturally clear cap space anyway and be in a position to try to go get some guys, to go get some free agent guys, okay? So I think that's a valuable point, that you're going to be able to try to turn this around anyway. So if you want to say, well, that means dump everybody now, try to get ready for 1920 by, by getting some short-term, big, maybe long-term, some short-term big contracts now, maybe even open up more cap, more space, for that year, and you're trying to get the Tom Tech pick, I get it. I get it. I, that's, I understand the strategy. Here's what I argue with, and, and, and I've heard this so much from Browns fans, from certain Browns fans over the years, and I've never discounted it because it's real. I've never discounted it. There's pain involved. There are people who are locked in as season ticket holders with the Cavs, there are people who are going to want to go to Cavaliers games. There was pain involved for Browns fans to go through 1-31 and and stink. Be atrocious. My argument for those fans was, was 5-11 and and 6-10 that much better? What you lived with as a Browns fan since they've returned, was it that much better? 5-11 every year. How much better is that than 1-31? It's obviously a little bit better. But in the name of trying to be a playoff team, weren't you willing to give up 5-11? and 11? That is not where the Cavs are. The Cavs are coming off four straight finals trips, and I am thinking about the whiplash for fans. I am thinking about the whiplash for fans who just watched that for four years, and now you're going to put out the worst team in the East if you're tanking. That's your plan. We want to be awful. And I think, I've always thought, that the fans' feelings are worth something. I just thought that they weren't enough with the worth enough with the Browns. The difference wasn't enough to convince me that tanking was wrong. The difference here could not be greater. They won first title in 50 plus years. They featured one of the three greatest players ever, minimum. They were an event every night. And now you're just saying suck. And point A is that I don't think there's anything close to a guarantee that the sucking is going to be effective. B, with, with last time, it did it for four years. Okay, so are you, are you planning to stink for four years? You're getting ready for a four-year tank job? I don't think it's necessary. Okay? So... And the other part is whiplash for the fan base. I think it's different when you're telling me you want to tank off reaching the finals. So I think what the Sixers did was smart, right? The Sixers, I think, were were a playoff team recently before their tank. But they hadn't been really good for a while, okay? So they have Colin Sexton. They have Kevin Love. I'm not going to say Jetty Osman because I don't know. 
I mean, can Kevin Jordan Clarkson be real? Um, a real asset? I don't know. There's not a ton there, okay? But I think the idea of trying to add to it, at least for a year, before these guys come off, um, their contracts are up, and maybe you reset in 2019, tw- um, it, I think is makes sense. I think it's flippant to say tank. So... And and I heard enough. I know they're different. I know they're different. Every sport is a little bit different. But I got, there were enough people barking at me when I was leading the tank train for the Browns that I am a little surprised that we are so, um, I am a little surprised we are so in on the tank thing. And I'll read Drew Jacob. Love your work, Doug. You fade to acknowledge in your article that if the Cavs finish outside the top 10 next year, Atlanta receives the pick. You need picks to build. Not having one would be a disaster, okay? Um, that's Drew Jacob. He just tweeted that at me. I get that. I get that. But I'm, I just think I think you're giving something up in a flippant manner, and I had enough people think that I was uh, I was asking the Browns to give up something, which is the money that fans pay for tickets. And I think the whiplash off a of finals appearance, um, boy, oh boy. People are all in. I, people are all in on the tank. I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised how... Uh, how in on this people are. Um, World underscore B underscore free underscore 21 just tweeted, a Cleveland journalist objectively awful take. Cool. Um, Boy, people really disagree. People really disagree. Apples to oranges, David J. Deeren tweets. Apples to oranges, the NBA, you can't lure free agents to Cleveland. You can only get superstars via the draft. You don't win in the NBA without superstars. If the Cavs try to compete this year, they're just wasting everyone's time and money. I don't know. I mean, people are really united about this. I put out a little poll about this. Um, tank or try to win. 75%, there's a thousand, 1,200 votes in so far in an hour. 75% tank, 25% try to win. Um, I know the sports are different and I know you need superstars. Um, I just think it's hard to go from four straight finals appearances to a 20 win team next year. And you're, you're telling me, uh, someone tweeted, you know, the the last time it didn't work because Dan Gilbert thought Dion Waiters and, and. Anthony Bennett were great picks. They should have picked Harrison Barnes and Victor Oladipo. Nikki Unders, my guy, tweets, Doug, stop. Cavs tanking didn't work last time because Dan Gilbert thought Anthony Bennett and Deion Waiters were smart picks. Passed on Harrison Barnes and Victor Oladipo. Like, Dan Gilbert's still the owner, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, if you guys want it, if everybody wants it, then then maybe I'll change my mind. I, I, you know, I, I try to think... Listen, Joe Varden and Chris Fedor are the guys who know the behind-the-scenes stuff. The guys who break down film. You know, Fedor understands how the game works. He, he talks about pick-and-rolls and all this stuff. He's great. 
Joe Varden is locked in. He knows everybody. He talks to everybody. He knows what's going on. He's great. I'm not bringing you that. Um, I'm trying to think like you guys. And I'm trying to, to be here for you guys. And I'm trying to say... Um, I'm as, that's the hard thing about this. I'm as tank happy as any guy out there. I was calling for a Browns tank for years before it happened and got a lot of blowback. I think that what the Houston Astros did, and we're going to talk um, coming up in a couple weeks on Takes by the Lake, we're going to talk to the guy who wrote the book about the Houston Astros, how they tanked and then won the World Series a couple years later. Um, I love tanking. I, I completely agree that if you're in the middle, you're nowhere. I'm just thinking about the whiplash of four straight finals, and I'm thinking about last time, how bad it was for four years, and what it would, because you can't count on him coming back this time. So four years from now, you have to tell me that you are ready for this, okay? Tell me if this is what you're ready for, for the next four years. You are ready for... 19 and 63, 21 and 45, 24 and 58, and 33 and 49. You're ready for that. You want that? And where did it get you? It got you to a place that LeBron came back and saved you. And would Andrew Wiggins, Kyrie Irving, and Gordon Hayward, would that have been worth it? Because listen, in that equation, here's the deal in that equation. People say you can't get guys to come sign here. Gordon Hayward was going to come sign and play here, okay? Um, And I think the Paul George signing in Oklahoma City is a very hopeful situation for people in Cleveland because Paul George, who everyone thought wanted to be a Laker, got traded to Oklahoma City, got there, and decided he liked it. Oklahoma City had one player when he got there, Russell Westbrook. They added Carmelo, they added Paul George, and Paul George decided he liked it. So I know people say no one's going to come sign in Cleveland, but if, if you hit on some things along the way, I don't know that you have to be awful, awful, awful to get there. I understand the thing about the pick next year. That's a, that's a very strong point on the side of that. I just am a little surprised if this is, this is where we are. Mike Moore, there's nothing worse in the NBA than eight seed purgatory. Finn in the land. I'm for a one-year tank. It allows them to keep the 219 first-rounder. Going to need a year before they can clear out of J.R. Tristan and George Hill contracts. That's the argument. Bill, whose Twitter handle is Finn the land, just made that. And I agree with Mike Moore. Nothing's worse. But here's what is worse. A tank that doesn't work. What's worse is... You tank for four years, you're awful for four years, and the end result is a team that's the sixth best team in the East. That's worse than being the eighth seed. That's worse than being the eighth seed next year, is being awful for multiple years, and where does it get you? So, I I don't know. know. We have to think about the future with the Cavs. People are completely in disagreement with me. Completely in disagreement. I think there's been some interesting stuff on the Browns now coming to the forefront. Um, 
it's no longer LeBron's town first. It's the Browns' town first again. I think that matters. I think that's going to be interesting. I think it's very helpful for Cleveland sports fans that that Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and and some guys give you some guys to to hang your hat on now that LeBron is gone. Um, but I am just I, maybe maybe you'll change my mind. I'm going to keep my ears and my eyes open about this tank idea as we go forward. Um, but I'm just, I'm wary. I'm wary because I want you to explain to me what you thought Kyrie, Hayward, and Wiggins. If LeBron hadn't come back, where would you be right now? Where would you be and would you say that the four awful years was worth it? I don't know. And especially in an Eastern Conference that is this week. Um, there's a guy named uh, Mike Adams who used to work for ESPN and just left ESPN, actually. He's a stats guy. And he tweeted a very interesting thing about 45 minutes ago. According to last year's NBA ranking project by ESPN, 13 of the 14 best players in the league are now in the West. Giannis is the only guy in the East. The next best guy in the East is John Wall at number 15. So that's what we're talking about. So you're going to tell me that like the Colin Sexton, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson... Uh, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, Cavs, like, have no chance of competing? They have no chance of winning a first-round playoff series? Like, zero chance? I don't know if I believe that. So that's where we are. I, I hope you guys can have appreciation for LeBron. Again, you got 1,001 games out of it. Um, I just can't imagine letting anger... I get anger. Hatred is what I don't get. Here's the deal with LeBron. This is how it works in life. You can't cut up people into pieces. LeBron loves his home and loves, loves Northeast Ohio. That's part of LeBron. LeBron wants to win championships. That's part of LeBron. LeBron wants things done his way. LeBron has dreams and hopes and goals beyond basketball. All these things, LeBron's a genius. LeBron is a genius at his chosen profession. That makes him one of the greatest ever to do it, and it also makes him very difficult to deal with. But you can't ask for a different LeBron. You can't ask for a guy who loves Northeast Ohio and is a genius and has aspirations outside the game but stayed here for his whole career and just wanted absolutely never considered it, just gave you 20 years in Cleveland because that would be a different guy. So I, I can't imagine, you know, the, the people are pointing out that he did all the short team, the short term contracts in Cleveland. Now he's given L.A. four years. Um, he made it hard to build a team here. He had a lot of influence on on other player uh, contracts. The Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith contracts are obviously an outcropping of LeBron's wishes, and now they're hanging like an albatross around the Cavs' necks. Um, those are all true, but guess what? He's the reason you have a title. So, you take the whole package. This is the LeBron that you get. And so, if you're complaining and you're filled with hatred for him right now, here's your choice. Because there's no other choice. There is not a choice of why didn't he stay this time or why didn't he stay the first time. Why did he ever leave us? The thing inside of him that made him leave is the same thing inside of him that makes him great. 
The thing inside of him that makes him want things done his way is the same thing that makes him great. Maybe other players are different. But Kawhi Leonard, who's a quiet guy, is sitting in San Antonio right now demanding to get out. Paul George wanted out of Indianapolis. Okay, Kobe Bryant stayed in L.A. his whole career, was an incredibly difficult guy to play with the last half of his career. And by the way, let, let me ask you this, by the way. This is a good tanking argument. I'm going to look this up um, because this is the mighty Lakers, right? Traditional, awesome franchise. Great place to be. All the money in the world. Lots to lure players there. This is the last five years of Laker basketball. 27 and 55, 21 and 61, 17 and 65, 26 and 56, 35 and 47. They've had high draft picks like crazy. D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. They have had picks like crazy. And what's saving them now? LeBron James. Just like he came back and saved Cleveland second time around. Okay, So I ask you, tankers, the Lakers stunk for five years. <clears throat> and the young players they acquired over that time period, and that's why you're doing it, right? You're doing it for the draft picks. The young players they acquired are going to have almost nothing to do with them trying to be good again. It's going to be about them. Maybe they're going to trade a bunch of those young guys for Kawhi, so that'll have something to do with it. But they are not going to get good on the back of their draft picks. So I love what the Sixers did. And again, I just wrote a whole thing comparing the Sixers to the Browns. I ask you to look at the Lakers and what they've done in the draft and what the last five years have been like. Kobe Bryant helped set them down that path. Ask yourself if that's what you're sure you want in Cleveland. You're ready for the tank. You're ready for the tank. Ask yourself that. Ask yourself about the Lakers who are an iconic franchise and have been irrelevant, completely irrelevant as a basketball franchise for five years and now are getting saved by LeBron. Is that a master tanking plan? We're going to wait for five years and get LeBron? I'm wary of the tank. I'm going to listen to you guys. I'm going to listen to you guys, but I'm wary of the tank. I hope you can appreciate what LeBron gave Cleveland. Um, Obviously, you're upset. Um, but I think the Browns are going to be interesting. I think the Indians are still interesting. And I'm curious to see what the Cavs do. Maybe it's a tank. Maybe it's not. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, we're not going to have the Friday takes by the lakes for the next two weeks. I'm going to be gone. I was trying to arrange some stuff. I couldn't do it. So we'll come back like in two weeks from now. And we'll hit it with where the Cavs are. The Browns will be getting ready for training camp. Um, we'll hit it hard on Takes by the Lake. So I appreciate you guys listening. Um, hope you guys are okay. I hope you guys are okay, and I hope at some point you can look back and appreciate uh, the 11 years in total and the last four years, because I'm telling you, you can't break it up into pieces. This is the LeBron that you get. The same LeBron that just left is the LeBron who brought you a title and the LeBron who gave you that for 1,001 games as a Cavalier. I'm Doug LaMaurice. That's Takes by the Lake. We'll talk to you next time.